The Start On Demand. On demand. The Ontario border is back open today for Manitobans. We speak to a cottage owner whose lake is just across the border, but he hasn't been able to go there with his family for weeks and weeks. Second dose challenges. What kind of side effects have you experienced after your second dose, depending on which vaccine you got? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers released their schedule on Tuesday, and the video that accompanies it is gold, Jerry. It's gold. And for our Dad Rocks Father's Day contest today, the theme was Dad Hard, a time your dad came through in the clutch. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling, who's on vacation, and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, June 16th podcast for The Start. Gary and McNabb. Mackling is off this week. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. And yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about that $70 million Lotto Max jackpot, $128 million in total up for grabs with the 58 Max Millions. And one of the first things I did this morning, Loren, I didn't check my ticket. I just checked to see what happened. And again, the 70 mil carried over and not one of the Max Millions went in Manitoba. Not one? No. No. What? Where'd they go? Ontario? I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Ontario, come on. <laughs> I don't even know if that's factual. I'm just yelling that out right now. <laughs> well, here, let me just pull up the prize details again. Okay, so uh, the, the the main one carried over. We got six out of seven, plus the bonus, one in Ontario, and one the Atlantic provinces, as listed on WCLC.com. And then the Max Millions, we got Ontario, Saskatchewan, BC, Quebec, Alberta. Uh, Just everywhere else. Pretty much here. everywhere else. Not a single one. North Dakota. There's <laughs> <laughs> a random Dakota in there for some reason. So, what happens with the big prize now? Like when you say it carries over the jackpot, does it get even larger? No, it's been 70 million now. I think three times. I'm pretty sure it's at least three draws. Yeah, now. and seventy I just keep is their max. Keep waiting for them max. to decide they're going to double it or something. You know, just double it. Yeah, I don't. And, and I wonder, like, because I think fifty was its max, and then they went up to fifty-five, and then it was sixty, and now it's seventy. So I, I, I don't know the reasoning behind whenever they decide to boost it up to because it would be cool to say you know 75 mil uh so maybe they're waiting for that i don't know but i mean we did have some good news right like we had a manitoban come forward to claim his max million uh from the the may 28th draw he said he had to check his ticket 10 times uh to verify that he in fact had won himself a million dollars so that's cool we were asking lotteries yesterday, uh, John at the Western Canada Lottery Corp, about just the idea. Do people sometimes hang on to that ticket, right? Like you don't, maybe you don't believe it. Maybe you're not sure what to do, where to go. But to think you had a winning ticket since May 28th and, and three weeks went by before you went down and cashed that in is always shocking to me. But I can appreciate that people, like you don't believe it. Like I think this guy's name was Wayne and he kept saying he checked the ticket again and again and again and he still can't believe that he's the winner. So that's a nice story. I like that. One million. Was it one one million bucks? That's a nice win. Yeah, one million dollars for Walter Gonzalez. And it, it, there's also, I'm looking at the global news story here, and this is important to know. You talk about, uh, you know, waiting a couple of weeks. There's a ticket from July 17th from last year that was purchased somewhere in Manitoba, outside of Winnipeg. It won on Max millions and uh, that it was a half a million dollar prize it still hasn't been claimed so somewhere out there somebody's got a ticket that's worth five hundred thousand dollars or they've thrown it out or they're married to someone who throws things out and (laughs) sometimes that happens in this house oh no does it i'm the thrower outer like i can't stand scrap (laughs) pieces of paper like if there's a cup on the counter you could have liquid in it i'd put throw it down the sink and put it in the dishwasher like all that the clutter makes me nuts so there have been a few times where my husband has said, did you check the lotto ticket? I'm like, no. He's like, what'd you, what'd you do with it? I'm like, well, it was from like six months ago, so it's no longer here. Oh, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, yeah. 
<laughs> also worth pointing out as well that there were two Manitoba Maximilians. I believe I'm just pulling up the draw now because I remember Jeff Braun saying in his news last week, uh, there were prizes in Manitoba. I didn't win. Believe me, I checked. And <laughs> I think it was Tuesday, June 8th. I'm just pulling that one up. Yes, Tuesday, June 8th, there was a win in Manitoba and a win in Winnipeg. So I actually haven't checked my tickets yet for last week now that I think of it. So maybe I'll do that in the commercial break, and then maybe it'll be McNabb the rest of the way. I had a dream about that last night. Come on. That I woke up this morning, and um, nobody was here but me, and I was texting you, and you weren't answering. And I was like, oh, no, did we have an alarm incident? <laughs> and then Greg's on holidays, and so then I just I had to come on air, and I was like, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and I was like, but it's just me. <laughs> I hope you, if you, if that ever happens, I hope that's exactly how you say it. That I, I burst into tears, <laughs> <laughs> all alone in the basement. Like, can anyone hear me? I have not uh, had any alarm clock failures since that moment. I've changed the system so that uh, because I, I, what I do now is I set the alarm clock to go off first. And then the cell phone alarms go off multiple times. And then the backup alarm clock goes like 45 minutes later. So if it doesn't wake me up first time and the cell phones don't wake me up, the screaming alarm clock will eventually wake me up. So haven't had any problems so far. Sometimes I have a hard time just getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's been no like outright sleeping through everything. So Well, you're not a lot of winners. So no one should get out of bed too excited that they might be a million. Uh a jackpot winner this morning. But how does 69.7% sound to you in terms of a vaccine uptake? That's where we're at right now. Oh. If we hit 70% of people with one dose and 25% of Manitobans with a second dose, we're looking at easing of restrictions. And so we're getting there, people. 697 that's right. We got to hit seventy percent by Canada Day. So at the at the rate we're going right now, yes, uh, because we heard yesterday. We're going to talk more about this at six thirty-seven. But we were getting text messages from people saying that they were actually being turned away from the Leela walk-in site, and they had to basically shut it down or, or say we can't take anymore by three p.m. Yeah, they were offering walk-in appointments at Leela. I believe it was the Pfizer vaccine. And they gave out 1,900 doses yesterday. And I believe they have another 1,000 planned for today for anyone who just wants to walk in. And, and you don't, there's really no requirement that you don't have to make an appointment. You can show up. Their priority is first dose. They like to get the first doses out as quickly as possible. But I believe they're also giving second doses as well. And so I'm curious how that will go. I'm actually considering just walking, checking that out today. My appointment is Friday. And it's not that I need to go in any two days sooner. But I am worried a little bit about the side effects from the second dose that I've been hearing about with, mm. some, with the mixing. Yeah. And so I kind of just want to get that over with, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Like I, oh, I, yeah. I'm not worried about it in a bad way. I just want it to be done with so I don't have to think about it, right? Yeah, that was one of my concerns. One of the reasons why I, I wanted to stick with the, the AstraZeneca as the my second dose because I was sort of concerned that it might be a, a rough day. But again, that you know we've said this before, small price to pay. But that's for sure that's a concern because dep- some people have been completely fine, zero side effects whatsoever. It doesn't matter which vaccine. And others have been just laid out for like a week. And I know other people who had a delayed reaction, somebody uh, like a week after they had their vaccine, that's when they had... A reaction, so it's just been a complete mixed bag of side effect reactions for sure. But uh, it's it's good to see so many people turning out to try to get their vaccine. I feel bad for those who got there and got you know turned away. Somebody mm-hmm. brought their twelve year old down, took the afternoon off work, and they told reached out to Lisa Dutton at Global News to share that story. So uh, that's tough, but I am encouraged by the demand. And what, like I drove by the convention center yesterday. And uh, the lineup lined up for blocks, so to get into the parkade. Yeah, I, and I like you know, and part of me thinks that's great news to hear that there's just sort of that kind of demand. I still do think there's got to be a, a, a way we can even improve this so it, there's greater access to it because even just booking that appointment online can be cumbersome. It was it was a real process to try to find the earliest possible, the closest possible date. So I think there's still some tweaks we can make there to make that better. But we'll chat more about this at 637 because we also want to take a look at the fact that if we get to a certain point, not only are there targets for Manitoba, they're talking about an announcement next week for the U.S. border. Are we ready? Canadians, are you ready? Manitobans, are you ready to make that trip south?
Oh, Hit boy. up a little shop in action. As I was driving home from work yesterday, I was racing home to get home and like just in time for our 11 o'clock uh, meeting on Teams. And there was a huge lineup on St. Mary. And I was wondering what is happening here. Like it stretched back to, I think, Donald. And uh, it was all in the left lane. And then I realized they were all lined up to get into the parkade for the convention center. And there was also a line on Carlton that went past St. Mary. And I don't know if it extended beyond Graham, maybe even to Portage. But clearly, like right around 11 o'clock, a huge number of people trying to get in to get their shot. Yeah, that's where you can, if you're going to the RBC Convention Center, you have to have an appointment. And I know they try to encourage you to just to come 15 minutes before your appointment because they want to avoid that kind of lineup situation. But when people are, are anxious or maybe excited or just, you know, have questions, they want to get there sooner. And so that's kind of good to see, knowing that there is at least that demand. And there was a lot of talk, too, about the demand at the vaccine site at Leela yesterday because it was offering walk-in appointments. And actually, listener Jill texted to say that she had her first dose booked in Selkirk for July 10th, and that was the earliest she could get in, and then decided at the last, you know, yesterday, you know what, I'm, I'm going to check out the Leela situation. And so she said it was an hour and a half wait. The first shot line was very short, but then it merged with people who were there for the second shot. So she said it was about an hour and a half total for that. But again, I think that would be what you might expect if you're going in a walk-in situation because they don't necessarily have all your information. But 1,900 doses handed out yesterday. More walk-ins are being taken at Leela again today. And we talked about the target that we're aiming for, those magic numbers, Brett. So I was going on the government website this morning to see where we're at reminding our listeners that they said if we hit 70% of all Manitobans 12 and up with a first dose and 25% of all Manitobans with a second dose by Canada Day, then we could see an easing of restrictions. And so by the math I've seen and the numbers I can see, we're at 69.7% first dose, 16% appear to have their second dose. But we're, we're, we appear to be on track. And a reminder that officials have said that in the past, sometimes that data can take a few days to update. So we could be a few days behind with those numbers. And so it looks like we're right on track. And even though the target is Canada Day, if we hit it sooner, they have said, yeah, we'll lift restrictions sooner. If case counts are dropping and vaccine uptake is high, then you could, you know, maybe get that haircut or go back to the King's Head sooner rather than later, Brett. Yeah, I already had an, I had an appointment scheduled for June 1st for a haircut and I think my next one is scheduled for the 26th or the 28th somewhere in that ballpark so I'm not quite counting on that but I do think for sure we're going to hit that Canada Day target and I'm super encouraged by that I'm a little skeptical about the the following targets but I'm going to remain optimistic on this when I see the lineups and you see the demand for both first doses and second doses at these walk-in clinics. And, of course, businesses are going to be watching all of this closely. As you mentioned, uh, places like hair salons, nail salons, all closed right now. Restaurants still stuck in takeout purgatory and delivery only. So hitting that vaccine target sooner would be just huge for them. And if you want to travel, that second dose will be important too. As Global's Reggie Cicchini explains... Talks are now underway with officials on both sides of the U.S.-Canada border. The White House confirms to Global News that meetings are taking place between Canada and the U.S. to look at easing back on restrictions for vaccinated travelers. But administration officials add that nothing is imminent. U.S. lawmakers from border states and both parties have been pressuring the Biden administration to reopen the border to more than essential travelers, citing the growing vaccination rate. But the Delta variant is now becoming problematic in the U.S., and some states are lagging in vaccinations, notably amongst younger populations, adding to the logistical maze on how to reopen the borders after more than 15 months with no plans for proof of vaccination. The Prime Minister and the President discussed border issues during their recent trip, but no firm decisions were made. Reggie Cicchini, Global News, Washington. So no decisions made yet, but we are being told by the Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc in Canada that an announcement will likely come Monday. He is warning, Brett, that these relaxed rules that they, that they could potentially announce, they won't go into effect immediately and any restrictions will be phased out slowly so it looks more like july is the possibility for u.s canada border travel and again it it will come with that caveat of that 
second dose, I'm sure. But lots of people putting pressure on Ottawa to lift these restrictions for business. And of course, if you have that second dose, people might want to be travel. Lots of us head down south just to Grand Forks, let alone anywhere else. And you mentioned Vegas in our text chat this morning. Would you really go? Like, is that, if you could do it, afford it, get there, you'd go this year? I, I think so, yeah. Maybe, well, maybe not this year because I, I didn't really have, wasn't really thinking about vacation, so I don't have any cash set aside for that. But that, that would probably be where I'd like to go uh, because I have a couple of buddies that I've never gone there with. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been to Vegas three times now but uh you want to show it off to your friends yeah yeah i've always i've always gone with a girlfriend i've never actually gone with with just my just a couple of couple of guys so you gotta go yeah so i'm looking forward to that you gotta go so it can take you down (laughs) because that town will take you down some nights (laughs) it will last month we did mom hard mom so hard well today we're doing Dad hard with a vengeance. A time when your dad came through in the clutch, whether he got you out of a tricky situation or did something, just did something really nice for you or was just simply there for you when you needed him most, even if you didn't think you needed him. Tell us a story at 204-780-6868 for a chance to become our third qualifier. Cam Poitras back in the saddle. Let's go with Cam to start. Uh, well, I got to go back to Christmas a uh, number of years ago. There was this board game that the three of us really, really wanted. I'm talking about my twin brother and my younger brother, and you couldn't get it anywhere. It, this was the days before online shopping where you can just find it online somewhere, and we just couldn't find it anywhere. We were getting a little disappointed, and so my dad, I guess, kept that in the back of his mind. And then uh, come Christmas time, uh, we were all kind of opening the presents, and, and all of a sudden, my dad, you know, did like the classic like Christmas story thing. Well, what's that over there in the corner? <laughs> and uh, he, we went and we went and picked it up, and we opened it, and we absolutely lost it. It's like one of those classic kids just like getting that gift that they really, really wanted and didn't think they were getting, so they just completely lost control. The three of us did. My dad always says he always he I don't know how he found it. I think he went to a bunch of different places. He went he went to like so many different places. Eventually, found it in like this little store. He told me later and later on in life uh but he still remembers that one so yeah that's uh kudos dad that was great and sorry what was the gift uh it was just like this this board game um it was just this like popular board game that we wanted at the time can't even remember the game well i remember the game but uh, he's embarrassed yeah <laughs> what was it it was like this Pokemon game. <laughs> so why? Why, why, are you, why are you drilling me, uh, McGarry? What's, what's your deal? No, well, uh, I want to know what the game is. It was this Pokemon game. Okay. Well, yeah. hey, that's ex- uh, well, we were po- like eight, nine, ten years old. So no one's mocking Pokemon. I mean, no, I'm not. you see, you still see Crystal, Crystal Mel. Yeah, yeah, he plays Pokemon Go like a son of a gun. Yeah, like a son of an now owl. You, now you know. Son of an owl. Well, now you know. <laughs> Uh, Skylar Peters is in for Jeff Braun. Skylar, what's your story? Uh, I got to go back to 2019 uh, when I graduated from Lethbridge College. And uh, my dad drove all the way out there from Brandon, which is about 10 hours, I think. And, uh, you know, packed up my entire uh, apartment, you know, for me. And he's a big golf fan. And that was actually the day that Tiger Woods won the Masters. And he wasn't able to see any of it because he was busy driving. And not only that, but I think for like most of the trip, there was just a stupid headwind. Um, and my dad was probably just throwing money out the window on gas, considering he's pulling a big trailer behind his truck uh, all the way out to Lethbridge. So uh, probably not the uh, best way to spend a master Sunday, but uh, I appreciate that. That's for sure. Right on, Skyler's dad and Jeff Forte. What about you? Anything that has to do with my car, because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> if the car breaks down, I... <laughs> You know, I'm lost. I'm absolutely lost. You know, the battery dies. When my dad comes and helps me out, my uh, battery died in my car a few months ago. It was uh, in my underground parking. So we had to get his car or my mom's car. Use my mom's car. But he came with my mom's car and went down to the underground and uh, booed the battery. And then he actually went. We went to Canadian Tire and he paid for a new battery. Oh, that's coming up clutch right there. Right on, dads. Loren, what about you? 
Uh, my honestly, my dad is the best. I know so many people will say that about their parents, but he's wonderful. He's been a huge champion for me my whole life. And like, if I ever wanted to do something, he never thought that was the wrong way to grow or the wrong path to take or even with my travels or trips or taking a risk on different things. It was always just go and do it, right? And get her done. And and he was also really big on you earning your keep, right? Like you you have a job, you pay for things, you get things done. And um, he's, so I never ever wanted to borrow money from my dad, but I was thinking of this morning of how he's helped me out a few times, kind of in the funniest of ways. One, when I was in high school, we were in 4-H, and so we had a steer. Like, I was in the beef club, and that was a big thing because you would sell your steer at the end of the year to make some money, and it could be 1000 bucks, 1200 bucks, 1500 bucks. But if we wanted to go to university in our house, we had to save for it. Otherwise, we weren't going, and so that steer was a big deal. And I had this steer that I had named Elmo. I don't know why. It was, it was black. I don't even know why that was its name because he was, you know, we knew where Elmo was going at the end of the year. Sorry, and Elmo. so we had this auction. <laughs> And my dad had helped me out, you know, with the 4-H uh, calves all through the year. And, you know, the auction's going on. It's like, blah, 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 like you know, $600 or $1 a pound or whatever it is. And as it all ends, it's like sold to the man on the left. And I look up and my dad has just purchased my steer. And I was like, oh, wow. Thanks, dad. Like, I didn't know you were going to do that. That, that cost a lot of money. He's like, I know. And I was like, then why did you do it? He's like, I was just trying to drive up the price. <laughs> and then he got stuck with the steer at the end. And truthfully, they would always buy a steer every year to both support 4-H, but to have beef in the freezer. But he didn't want mine. He's like, that is not going to get us a good <laughs> round of steak. And every time he'd bite into it over the winter, he'd be like, this is a bad purchase. This is a bad purchase. But I got the cash. Loren, we learned this week that Manitobans with cabins in Ontario can finally go back. Yeah, and it's been a while. The border has been closed to non-essential travel since April 19th. But as of now, right now, Manitobans can once again cross the border into Ontario to visit their cottage. And if you're the property owner, if you're the family that owned that cottage, you don't actually have to self-isolate upon return. There's some different rules for visitors, Brett, but that's how we understand it for those who want to get to that cottage ASAP. So let's bring on a Manitoban who has a cabin in Ontario situated on Malachi Lake, which is barely across the border. He was just on with Global News Morning 10 minutes ago. Mike Grosvenor is his name, former CJOB producer extraordinaire and my good friend Grovero. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you and Loren. When I you... am pumped. My vote is for pumped. Can I put that down as my vote? Yes, I'll put it in right now. <laughs> right on, man. Okay. So when are you heading back out to Malachi? Oh, I want to head this weekend so bad, but I have this thing called work, and it's super unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I'm going to head out the moment I've done work, which is uh, mid-next week. Yeah, You know, Brett mentioned that you're just across the border. Like, how far is it do you have to cross? Because to, to be so close yet so far for the past few weeks has to have been pretty frustrating, Mike. Where is Malachi in terms of when, once I cross? So if you look on a map, it is just across the border into Ontario. It's almost unfair. I can't quite see it from the border, but if I could draw a straight line through the trees, I can usually point just as I cross into Ontario, and it's right there. But I have to go almost all the way to Kenora and then backtrack, and then it's water access only. And it makes it super rustic and nice, but the fact that it's in Ontario has not been the greatest thing as of late. And, and this isn't just your cabin. I mean, it's your whole family. You guys have invested a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that thing. Like, I remember asking you countless times, hey, you want to go golfing? No, sorry, dude, I got to go to the cabin and chop down a tree. Or, hey, you want to go golfing? No, I got to go to the cabin and build a deck or, or put in a new toilet or whatever. This, that, or the other. The point is that property means a lot to the Groveners. It means a huge amount, and you're right. It is a constant... Uh you know, money, not a money pit. I shouldn't say that. That's the phrase sometimes used. But you're constantly improving it because you want to enjoy it more. It's your happy place. And, you know, it's uh, um, my, my dad and my mom and dad bought the cabin in 2004. You want to make improvements because it's the place you spend your time in the summer. And that's why you can't go golfing. And that's why you can't, you know, you let your house suffer sometimes because you go out there to to really enjoy your summer break. And, and it has been so very tough to our family just not being able to go out there and that compounded with this whole pandemic that's been going on for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah, uh, the extra varies there are necessary. Mike, I'm curious for yeah. you. So you're, you can't get there this weekend for work, but is your rest of your family making plans? Like, what are their thoughts now that they can get there as soon as possible today? 
Absolutely. My dad is on route. He'll be on route Friday after work, I'm sure, uh, with my mom. And they'll go for a couple of days. And then I think mid next week, my brother and I are going to try to get out there at some point just to open up the cabin, things we normally do in, in, in April, uh, put the dock in and the water system and take the plastic windows off and try to clean the place out and air it out and all the fun things that we try would have wanted to have done two, three months ago and, and we're going to have to do now. But it's better late than never, so we're just excited for the opportunity to actually get out there. Now, you mentioned it's water access only. Uh, mm-hmm. I just seem to remember, like, maybe a 15- or 20-minute boat ride to get there. So, like, when you go to that spot, you're pretty isolated for the most part, right? We are, and that's one of the great things about it is the fact that, you know, and if you don't want to see anyone, you don't have to. You can go out there and keep to yourself, and we don't have neighbours right on top of us. And I mean, we have great neighbours at Malachi, but you know, you can spend time with yourself and just with your family. And, and, and that's one of the great benefits of it. And the unfortunate thing is that it happens to fall in Ontario. And uh, there's plenty of beautiful cabins and, and lakes in Manitoba where that's not as much of an issue. But yeah, it's, uh, I love the isolation. It's the, it's a new kind of quiet. It's middle of the night. You can't hear a single thing other than, you know, just laying out on the stars and things like that. And I, I just can't wait. I'm so excited. So before we let you go, Mike, I'm curious what you think about the rules that are in effect here because they're different than they were last spring when we allowed travel back into Ontario. So if you're going to your own property, you're exempt from that 14-day isolation requirement when coming back to Manitoba, but they haven't laid out any of those geographic things that they did earlier, you know, that buffer zone that allowed Manitobans to go anywhere west of Traverse Bay. And so if you're a guest, the rules are different. You might have to self-isolate unless you have two shots. So... Are you guys ready to bring, when will you be ready to bring guests out? I'm not asking for myself. I'm not coming yet, but I'd like to. Well, no, no, no. I I believe last time we spoke, Loren, that uh, we did mention that you would come out and that you had, you know, a dog and the the kids and and they're all welcome. Uh, For now, you know, it's going to be just the Grover family that heads out to Malachi and I'll kind of wait for them to see what the rollout is going to look like for guests. Um, I'm sure Brett would love to come out and help me cut a tree down or install a new toilet. Uh, we can definitely book you in for that, Brett, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, it just, you know, hopefully that they kind of get that organized and, and figured out what it is they want to do. Uh, I imagine that they're going to have to be pretty careful because even as it stands right now, we're not allowed to spend time with our family members inside the home, right? So mm-hmm. it's going to have to be, you know, a slow approach to having friends and family out in the big cabin parties like we'd all love to have well mike we're we're happy for you we're excited that you you guys finally get to go back to your cabin uh and it is a really beautiful spot so uh this is great news sorry you got to work this weekend hopefully you can get out there sooner than later can't wait and your invite will be in the mail sometime soon brett and loren mentioned last half hour, I went for a walk yesterday in Munson Park. It's off of uh, Wellington Crescent. I live in Osborne Village, so that's the closest park to me in my neighborhood. And I was dodging canker worms, and I thought, oh, man, here we go. Loren, this is, uh, we have, like, this sort of magical time of spring where, like, (laughs) the lilacs come out and the cherry blossoms come out, and there are no bugs. But then it's canker worms and mosquitoes and wasps and bleh. Yeah, you texted yesterday about the canker worms, and that reminded me that on the weekend I had noticed a bunch of wasps. And and then this morning you were talking to Joe Aiello at Power 97, and he was wondering what the deal is with all the ants he was seeing. And so here we are. When we have bug questions, rodent questions, we turn to bug expert extraordinaire Taz Stewart, who was also an entomologist. Taz, good morning. How are you? Good day, and I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. I wanted to say you're an entomologist, not just someone we label a bug expert, you know, just someone who knows a lot about bugs for some random reason. But no, I know it's it's what you do, and you like them more than the rest of us, Taz. So let's just start with the canker worm. This is seasonal, or is, this, is there a cyclical thing to this where it might be worse than other years, or is this pretty typical for right now? Um, this is kind of typical for this time of year. People are starting to see the canker worms starting to hang on their lovely threads. And, of course, that's when people start complaining and want something done. Lots of people don't realize when the shot, shotgun hole damage on the leaves is present, you should be getting your trees sprayed when they're a lot younger and smaller. It's more effective when you're using a biological product or if you're using a chemical contact product. Uh, but it is 
cyclic in the sense that about every five to seven years, you'll see an increase in cankerworm numbers. And there are some hot spots in the city like St. Patel, Transcona, North Kildonan, uh, just based on our spray data when we're doing private trees in people's backyards that want service because they're getting the same thing going, oh, my God, there's something in my hair on my shoulder. Yeah, because I find them. Uh, I, I got home the other day and I was sitting there on the couch and then I looked down at my arm and I see a, saw a tiny one, but it looks like they're they're getting bigger as well. So are we expecting this year to be bad? Because we've had some like really bad years for cankerworms and some years uh, it, 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 I don't even notice them. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, again, what part of the city you live in. If you're in, you know, uh, Fort Rouge, yeah, there is some some damage there, not like the previous years where pretty much trees were being defoliated. St. B, last year, you got the trees covered in webbing and the whole bit. Plus, you had elm spanworm add on there, too. So, yeah, the double whammy. Uh, of course, elm spanworm is going to be rearing its ugly head in a couple of weeks as well as it gets larger as it's going through its larval stages. Those are the ones that look like sticks, right? Yeah, you betcha. The black, the black sticks. Yes. Gross. Do, do any of these worms, the canker worms, the whatever worm you just called, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be disparaging to that poor worm. Do they serve a purpose beyond annoying us? Like, what are they there for? Ah, uh, that's a great question. They're, they are food for birds. They will eat them. Um, they are a pest, of course. Uh, the trees don't like them. You're actually going to make the trees stressed and more susceptible to other diseases, uh, such as Dutch elm disease and the elms. So a stressed tree is more attractive to an elm bark beetle, which can carry the fungus causing Dutch elm disease. And you don't want that. Ash trees, stressed ash trees, are again, for emerald ash borer. They, they like them more, so you're causing other issues. So getting rid of them is important, but they also do cycle through, and uh, they do go up and down with uh, natural natural systems. Now, wasps as well, they seem to be out in full force already this year. Is that just because uh, because it was dry early on? Like, what's, what's driving that? Uh, that's a, a, another great question. I wish I had an answer for that one. Uh, most years when it's a hot, dry, or... Uh, spring, I uh, usually get not very many wasps, but this year we're, we're droughty. We're not very, uh, you know, late sort of spring start. Not many flowers around, but I'm seeing a lot more wasps out there too. I posted on my Facebook, you know, a queen wasp doing doing her job building her first nest in my backyard three weeks ago. So it's uh, they're out there. Just uh, they're not very uh, aggressive like in the fall when their flowers or the natural food sources are gone. So uh, it's uh, it's important to uh, get rid of them sooner than later. But that's unusual, no? You're saying then because usually the the dry shouldn't be contributing to an increased sighting of wasps? Yeah, yeah for, for me, the, the drought is a little strange on the wasps one. I figured they'd be a lesser number earlier in the year, but uh, it seems that there are more. So I don't have a real concrete answer on why on that one. Okay, we want to ask you about ants because I noticed them in our backyard. I just got a dog this year, and it's hilarious watching him try to watch the ants because they move so quickly. But we have a big anthill. I have had other people talk about that as well. And so I'm wondering, again, if that's a climate-related thing or weather-related thing because it's drier and the earth might be more exposed, Taz. Is that, would we be just seeing more ants, but there's not necessarily more ants? Uh, what's happening right now is this is a colony expansion time at this time of year, and with the ground being so dry, you're seeing a lot more uh, area being aerated from the ants expanding and actually creating more new colonies. So uh, I totally agree. I've got yards that I've never seen so many dirt hills in them, and they're beautiful lawns, but people, of course, it's very unsightly, want that controlled when they're actually doing a, ben- a benefit to your, to your lawn by aeration. There, so it's a benefit to the lawn? Yeah, it, a more uh, open-aired lawn that supposedly makes it happier, more thatch is available, and your your lawn is stronger by having the ants expand. But again, very unsightly for the couple of weeks in June. Okay, and then finally we wanted to ask you about rodents as well. Are they a problem this year? Because some people are saying they're, you know, squirrels are being problematic on properties and uh, things like voles. Um, yep, <laughs> lots of squirrels out there, lots of mice, lots of voles. Um, it was a banner year as, you know, winters aren't as cold and uh, nasty as they are. You're getting longer springtime periods, longer falls. They're getting more numerous and being able to survive, whereas normally you'd probably get die-off if we had our normal cold, freezing, minus 40 weather, think January. <laughs> All right. Boy, I just feel like... We have to embrace these things and move on, but I don't like it. That's my conclusion. Well well said. Embrace them. All right. Taz Stewart, Winnipeg entomologist, bug expert extraordinaire. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. It was always a pleasure with you guys, too. Have a great day.
Wednesday, just after 8.30, which means... Happy Wednesday, happy Fresh Veggies Day, Aww. or around my place, Black Wednesday. <laughs> you don't like the veggies? <laughs> well, you know what I did yesterday? I had the most fun I've had in a long time. I got wind yesterday, Peter Janakis has set up a, a car hop service at uh, Pony Pier 7. So after the show yesterday, I was going to meet Dave Patrician there for one of the super dogs, and Dave couldn't make it. He had a conference call. So I went by myself, and I saw Peter, and I had a, I had a, a super dog, a big foot-long hot dog. It's drive up. They come right to the car. What would you like? They get it. They bring it to you. It was fantastic. So to answer your questions, the uh, question, no, I'm not a big fan of veggies. But <laughs> well, you know, there were, ke- I think, well, let me think, were there counts. veggies? Uh, yeah, ketchup would count. Wait, tomatoes uh, are fruit, though, so hang on. Yeah, I, I don't for know you. about that. There was chili. I believe there might have been beans in the chili there you on, go. The, on the hot dog. So I think we're we're okay. But anyhow, uh, they're doing that on nice days over there, and I, I think that's just it. And you know what? It's not like they're making a ton of money doing it. It's just getting people out and excited about, you know, getting back to normal kind of. We are the most stressed workers in the world in North America, Canada and the U.S., tied at the top of the list it's gallup's state of the global workforce report 57 percent of us say we are feeling stress on a daily basis and that is up eight percent from a year ago we're at 57 percent globally the average is 43 percent so yeah and and you know what i mean here loren you're at home working safely and i'm here at home working and brett's you know, taking one for the team there at CJOB. But I'm telling you, man, I, I feel the extra stress. I absolutely do, Loren. I don't know if you do. Yeah, and I don't. We've talked a bit in the past about the fact that it's you, there's no cutoff time. There's and this is a job, and there's lots of jobs I get for people all over yeah. the world where there's no hard out time. Right? It's not your traditional nine to fives anymore. You're not clocking mm-hmm. out and then never thinking about work for the rest rest of the day. But because the office is your home and your home is your office, it just feels like you're in the office all the time to the point where I try not to even go to the basement at a certain point in the day. Because once I do, I'm back and then the laptop's sitting there and I think, well, I could just finish this project up. I'll send out a few emails, et cetera, et cetera. And so the the space that used to be my relaxed space where I'd come down and watch TV and maybe pour myself a glass of wine, I hate it down here now because I feel like Mm -hmm. it's all work all the time. Yeah. And how I think a lot of people are feeling that way. And then, and then for me, the, the stress is that I can't, you know, not being able to see Greg or Loren. And Loren, you mentioned yeah. the hard out. I, I, I can't give them the stink eye when it's time to get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do yeah. hear this howl a lot, though. Yeah, I'll start, yeah. I'll start tapping on tapping the table. The, yeah, I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'll tell I you, you, I don't know how you guys do it with three of you. Listen, doing a, and I've done a lot of shows and morning shows over the years. Three, a three-person morning show is a difficult thing to do anyhow when you can see each other. I mean, the beauty of my show is it's me, and if I want to bring producer Kyle in for a quick little segment or something, I can. But it's just me, right? So it's, it's much, much easier. I don't know how you guys do it. And I listen every, as you know, I listen every morning, and you guys are doing a fantastic job. So here's one for you, Brett. Streaming. There's something called everything's fatigue now, right? Blank fatigue. Streaming yeah. fatigue yeah. is the latest. Um, the average number of services, streaming services per user, has fallen for the first time. Hmm. Uh, it has uh, topped out at well, it's got as it got as high as seven point two three streaming services. It's now dipped down to seven point zero six, and experts say that might be it. Seven streaming services might be it. Now this includes free ones, and you know when you think about it, there's. I thought, well, geez, I'm only got three. But there's others, right? I mean, there's some on your phone and music and all that kind of stuff. So they're saying that seven streaming services services might just be the max. That might be it. And now, as things get back to normal a little more, we may see that number dipping down. I, I don't know. And, and I don't think I'm streaming as much right now, Brett. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to go through all the the services I've got. So I've got Netflix, I've got Disney Plus, I've got Amazon Prime, I have Crave, although, I mean, I already had Crave through my cable package, but that Mm -hmm. is a streaming service as well if you want to consume it that way. Uh, YouTube Music, because I was previously on Google Play Music, and they disbanded that service and sort of shuffled us all into YouTube. I can't imagine taking on even more services. Part of me wants to try Apple uh, TV Plus because there are some good shows and good movies there that you can't see anywhere. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of adding another one, because <laughs> just yeah. the, the times when you don't know what you want to watch and then you decide to start scrolling, well, you've got five to pick from. You just get overwhelmed, <laughs> and then I yep. just end up rewatching like Avengers: Infinity War again on Blu-ray or something. <laughs> right. They say that the big ones like Netflix and Disney Plus they're going to be okay, but some of the smaller ones may uh, may disappear as we just stream less and uh, this is interesting i'll end with this i find this really interesting i i get a kick out of the shortages you know things that we're we're going oh there's you know barbecues and you know and then it's chicken and there's always a shortage around the pan usually related to the pandemic and, and production and higher demand and all that kind of stuff well now as things open up in the states and i mean we've seen some of the crowd pictures down there right the video of the crowds and things in many uh, areas and ways are, are right back to normal. Here's what's being purchased. Here's what's being purchased as the U.S. gets back to normal. More lipstick because <laughs> the girls the girls got to look good, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, lipstick with condoms. The oh, <laughs> condoms. Yep, that makes Forget sense. the lipstick. Let's talk that. <laughs> Dressy clothing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So this is the kind of stuff that uh, that Americans are are buying, and I guess we'll see a demand for that here. When we get everybody vaccinated and, and things get back to normal. Everybody's well, getting ready to get vaxxed and waxed. They're all ready to go, Hal. Vaxxed, waxed, and lipstick. Taxed, trying to come up with something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all right, guys, have a great day. So, Loren, you have a question for those who have uh, been astrophized? Astrophized or Astroderna or Pfizerderna and Moderna Pfizer. I don't know. There's, you know, lots of people have had their first dose. We know about 70% of Manitobans have had their first dose and now others are going for their second. And I'm hearing just anecdotally from friends and coworkers about the side effects that might be coming with that second dose. So I'm curious if somebody has received their second dose. What's your experience been like? A lot of people are going dose to dose, Pfizer to Pfizer, Moderna to Moderna. Bretta, you did AstraZeneca twice. And and basically besides the sore arm, I think that was it for your, how you were feeling? For the second dose, yeah. The first dose was rough. Uh, I was still able to come to work, but I remember texting you guys that morning just to say, hey guys, just a heads up. Uh, My brain is completely fogged over and I'm kind of achy and sore and tired and I was getting the chills, so it wasn't a super fun morning, but I wasn't incapacitated. Yeah, I had the same results from the Astra, the first dose, uh, and I'm scheduled for a Pfizer dose, but I'm just wondering, and I'm hearing when people, and I don't know if it's maybe because of the mixing that we're hearing this a bit more, or people are just experiencing a bit of fatigue or sometimes nausea or fever or chills with that second dose. They they warned us that this is a possibility. And so I'm, I'm curious what people are feeling. But we're also just going to ask the members of our vaccine tax task force about this. You know, there's not a lot of data to support that X percentage of people, you know, will potentially experience side effects because side effects come with all vaccines. And so I would just like to know what people have uh, have done and what they're thinking. Curtis texts just now to say he's on his way to get his second dose. His first was AZ. His second is Pfizer. And they're going to let us know. Curtis will let us know tomorrow how he's doing. Jason, both doses were AstraZeneca, says both times he got the chills and felt horrible. Mm. And Vince, just as an aside, thinks if you're going to combine Moderna with Pfizer, it should be Modifizer for <laughs> For your vaccine name. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I remember some of the uh, the research that was coming out of the, the early results from that Spanish study well, on, on mixing the doses suggested that 
the AstraZeneca first and Pfizer second could lead to uh, a not so fun day when you get that Pfizer shot. But they also said that could that's a good thing because it, it just means a, a stronger autoimmune response. Right. And I've I've again like mixed bag results with the AstraZeneca when when all, we all raced out like when they opened it up to the 40 plus. I was seeing people on Facebook saying, "Oh, I feel terrible." Others were saying, "I feel fine." And uh, my dad with he got Pfizer twice. He was fine in both cases. But one of my friends whose sister, she's actually involved in administering the vaccine, so she got her second dose pretty early. First dose, Pfizer, nothing. Second dose, completely laid out. I think the words he used were, it almost killed her. Like, he was, wasn't speaking literally, figuratively, of course, but he says she was not a happy camper. Yeah, and, and that's just something to prepare yourself for. And so I've heard people saying already that they're giving heads up, like... Just so you know, I'm going for this dose. I might not be in tomorrow. So I, I, you know, it's hard to muddle through when you're when you're feeling that fatigue and you're feeling a bit of that nausea or a fever or what have you. And I had just said about an hour ago to you, Brett, that I'm I'm considering just trying to do that walk in because I kind of just want to get the whole thing over with. And mm-hmm. I'm scheduled to go Friday, but I I um, also uh, want to be done and stop thinking about it. So we'll see. We'll see well, where my where the road takes me today. Well, if you're if you've already got the appointment on Friday, you know, like if you go to the walk-in, you're going to be there for an hour, for an hour and a half, just standing in line. Like I waited an hour in line for my second shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you, like you said, you might have to deal with not feeling so good. Unless you're looking just to take Friday off. Like if that's... <laughs> I'm not leaving you on your own. <laughs> I just sort of connected those dots. Maybe yeah. I just wants a longer You're going to get a sick text from me tomorrow, <laughs> right around right around 3 a.m. It's all coming together, Brett. Part of my master plan. Tell us a story in the theme, Dad Hard. A time where your dad was dead in the clutch when he came through for you in a big way. And this person, first time texter says, when I was in my early 20s, I went on a fishing trip just north of the park, and on my way back, I started to have car troubles. So I pulled into the gas station at Easterville, called my dad just to see what was wrong with the vehicle. He said it was either the battery or the alternator. He said, as long as I have power, just keep driving, and then he would meet me somewhere on Highway 6. So as it turned out, I made it as far as St. Martin, but my dad had driven from Winnipeg up number 6 to St. Martin and met me there with a brand new battery, a brand new alternator. We changed it right there at the Esso parking lot. I thought that was a pretty amazing that you left work and bought what we needed and got me up and running. Way to go, Dad. That's a great story. These are all making me miss my dad so much. He's out west, and I'm hoping to see them soon with the double dose. So thank you for that. Crystal had another heartwarming story. She wrote to say, My dad had a heart of gold. He always helped everyone that needed a hand, but never wanted recognition for it. He was very humble. After my husband passed away, I would sit on my veranda in the mornings and many times I would see my dad driving down the street. He would pull up with a Subway breakfast and we would just sit and have breakfast and talk. I think of him whenever I go to Subway and think of our talks. It's not the grand gestures. It's the simple things in life I treasure the most. I miss him every day. Ah, oh, Crystal, that's so sweet. Thank you for sharing that. I know that last text, by the way, uh, was from Kevin. Kevin H., he just texted uh, to con- let us know what his name is. So thank you for that, Kevin. Then thank you for that, Crystal. And thank you to Shannon for sharing this story. Shannon G., in my early 20s, I moved out to Edmonton for a boy. My dad drove the U-Haul with all my stuff all the way to Edmonton with no stops. Well, six months later, it didn't work out, and I was devastated. As I was flying home, my dad packed up our car and drove all night back to Edmonton to get my boxes from my ex's place and then turned around and came right back. I never appreciated my dad until I had my own kids. To this day, he would still do anything for me. I am now 42. Shannon, thank you for that. But I think this is our winner, Brett. This text came from Jeff. Good morning. My dad was the quintessential dominant male figure. He refrained from showing emotions, and I don't remember many hugs as a young boy or I love yous. I was 42 years old and had the big C diagnosis. I had a young family and busy career, which had to be put on hold while I received treatment. My dad immersed himself in taking me for daily treatments, bringing food over for the kids, and running to pharmacies and other critical errands. It was an all-out frontal assault on stereotypical stiff upper lip. 
We shared tears and pain, and he was a support beyond comprehension. It's been 10 years since my treatment, but the experience shared has changed us both. I believe I'm here today in part because he came through in a very, very big way. That text from Jeff, and he said, thanks for letting me share. Thanks for sharing that one, Jeff. That's beautiful. Good on your dad. Good on you. And you are the third qualifier for Dad Rocks. Congratulations, Jeff. And and you know what? This text kind of ties in with some of the things we've been talking about this week. We had a conversation about rethinking masculinity, and we had a conversation yesterday about guys who might not be so great at expressing their feelings. And and this is an example, perhaps, of the whole generational thing. He, he used the word stiff upper lip. Some guys just they are brought up that way. They're not super affectionate, not super mushy, uh, but it, do, it doesn't mean that they're incapable of it. It just means they might not necessarily know how. And clearly this traumatic experience, as Jeff pointed out, changed their life for the better. So that's a really encouraging story, Jeff. Uh, beautiful stories all around to everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, some great news from the Winnipeg Jets and the Manitoba Moose. They've announced a community vaccination tour. They're going to aim to fill 1,000 walk-up appointments at six vaccination sites across Manitoba, uh, starting t- so basically tomorrow through Saturday, June 17th to the 19th. So that's exciting stuff. Yeah, the goal is to kind of just get some buzz going. And so they're going to have some of your favorites, Mickey Moose, Benny and the Jets and Moose promotional teams. They're all going to safely interact with any Manitobans prior to receiving their vaccines outside of different facilities. And so, for example, tomorrow they're going to be at the Urban Indigenous Vaccine Clinic at Mama Wichita Centre. That's on McGregor. They're going to be there in the morning and then the afternoon at the Gimli Super Site. And then there's different locations. They'll be Friday as well as Saturday. Saturday, and the first 150 people in line will receive a Winnipeg Jets merchandise item. There will be other giveaways, including an autographed Winnipeg Jets jersey at each site, and as well as uh, Manitoba Moose buy one, get one ticket vouchers for everyone in attendance. And so obviously they're just trying to get people to get going, get those appointments going, and uh, also congratulate them and, and reward them in a way for getting those vaccines. So we'll have more details. Did you post this on your Instagram page, Brett? I did. I posted it on the 680 CJOB Instagram okay. page. So if you want to link, I posted the the sort of just a snapshot and then linked it to uh, True North's uh, full details, uh, which are online. So go to our, follow our, us on Instagram at 680 CJOB for those details. Also, if you follow us on 680 CJOB at Instagram, you'll be able to see what we're about to talk about here because excitement continues to build for the impending CFL season, which is set to start on August 5th. Yesterday, the schedule was released, and when the schedule is released, that means a super fun new video from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's one of the things I look forward to most every year, and this season's video came with a Seinfeld theme, so here's a chunk of that video before we get going. His cat's gone. Tiger cats. Who left the door open? Does anyone here a marine biologist? Argonauts. The sea was angry that day, my friends. Like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. But I don't want to be a pirate. Horses. Stampeders. They're like big riding dogs. What about ponies, huh? What kind of abnormal animal is that? I had a pony. Hate it. I despise him. Rough Riders. You want a piece of me? You got it! Nice to meet you. Elks. Well, I wish I could say the same. Bye week. Believe it or not, George <laughs> isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. <laughs> I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Believe it or not. I'm, I loved that yesterday. I watched that a few times. And, and the video, uh, of course, has to be put together by someone. So the man behind that video is digital, digital media manager for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Riley Mara, or as Kelly Moore likes to call him, a young Scorsese. Good morning, Riley. How do you feel about that title? Good morning. Um, uh, him, uh, Kelly Moore and Ed Tate, they seem to uh, love that nickname. They just throw it around. All the time, and I don't know how I feel about it. Scorsese's a, he's a big man. I can't live up to that. <laughs> well, it was pretty cool what you did, though, uh, with this release, because, of course, so many people are excited about 
the possibility of live sporting events again and the Bombers hitting the field in August. And so we learned of that schedule yesterday. And that was a quick turnaround by you to put the clips together with dates. How long did it take you to go through all those clips to find the ones that match, you know, the Argos and the Lions and all the rest? Um, It takes a bit of time. I kind of have an idea. And then before I even kind of start editing, I'm just going to kind of look up teas and see if it's even going to be possible. So I did it for a different different shows to begin with. And then Seinfeld, just because it was on for so long and it's so classic. Of course, they would have every kind of reference you need. Um, And then I didn't really get the schedule till late Monday, but I kind of had it all. I figured we're going to play 90. I mean, we didn't end up playing Ottawa, but going to play all those teams anyway so just put them in the proper order at that point so uh once once the ball got rolling it was pretty quick but in terms of like you know did you know all of those lines sort of off because a lot of people can recite the entire Seinfeld yeah. series right like did you did you have all those moments in mind or did you just have to start watching Seinfeld to to find the applicable clips years of uh practice with uh watching Seinfeld reruns kind of helped but uh Google kind of helps in that scenario. Um, Alouettes, I search Seinfeld birds, and that kind of comes up. Um, and also Darren Cameron, our PR manager, he uh, he's a massive Seinfeld fan, so kind of leaning on him for some references I might not be able to get. But overall, just kind of remembering the show, remembering to utilize the Internet and kind of roll with it from there. You uh, have done a lot of stuff like this over the past few years, Riley, and, and you, you make schedule announcements. They're always funny. Uh, you've done different things when it comes to just the matchups that might be coming on the weekend. Do you have, like, carte blanche to do whatever you want, or do you have to knock on the door of Wade first and say, so I got an idea, or just go for it? Um, our department's pretty good so for, for kind of just having an idea and running with it. I usually um... – I'll go to Ryan Marku, our creative director, and I'll go, this is kind of what I have so far before I put in much more effort and time into this. Is this even the right avenue to go down? And most of the time, she's like, yes, let's, let's go with that. Um, sometimes there's times where it's uh, either a bit too offside or, or not the right avenue to go down. But for the most part, she's, uh, she's really good at letting me have creative freedom with that. Are there? Now, I know that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are, are great on Twitter at Chirp and the other teams. Have there, are there, has there been or is there ever any chirpy reactions to your stuff from the other teams? Um, overall, I'd say yes. They, I don't know. Uh, the Argonauts social media manager, I kind of know him. When they were in Winnipeg two years ago, I guess now, we went for coffee and kind of talked strategy and then before the game and then during the game kind of went at each other. And ever since then, um, I know that if I say something – to them, he the social media manager there. I know he can kind of get back, so I kind of enjoy having a little bit of a response between the two teams. But overall, I'd say there is some, and we're definitely getting better at kind of going at each other. Um, I'd say the Argos are the best rival I have personally as a CFL uh, Twitter exchange. And are you the one do, sending out those tweets? <laughs> For the most part, yes. Uh, between myself, Darren, and Ryan, we will. Uh, if it's uh, if we know it's going to get a good amount of traction, we kind of make sure the proper wording is in there and how we ex- exactly want to say it. But overall, yeah. What's the mood like there these days? You know, we were talking to Abi Khan yesterday, former Blue Bomber, and he's just the excitement from him was like just you could feel it through down the phone line. And in terms of just finally, we're going to see some play. But for for you guys, this is what you do. You're you you do not want to be looking at old video. You want to be generating new videos. You want to see new plays. You want to see new things from your team. So how's everyone feeling knowing that we finally have a schedule? Oh, it's beyond excitement. I would never think I would say this, but I'm kind of bored of replaying my the Grey Cup footage, which is a weird thing to say because I never thought I would say that. But I'm just so excited to get on the field and play something else. Um, I was at the stadium on Monday when the season was announced, um, just working in my little office there. And you could hear kind of like a, like an excitement within the basement of where the players were working out and that type of thing, kind of just hearing the excitement that they, the, that there's going to be a season. So definitely optimism all around the stadium. And Riley, before we let you go, do you ever wonder, you know, like for example, while you're sitting there watching Seinfeld to grab clips to put a fun video together, do you ever wonder like how how did I end up getting paid to do this? Because this is super fun. All the time, it's it's a 
definitely a, a very lucky job. Anytime I have a bad day, I kind of think back, well, you know what? I just like watch Seinfeld and put some clips together. So there's definitely a lot of um, more intense jobs out there. So I'm pretty fortunate in that way. Well, you, you do great work. We all look forward to, you know, anytime you put out something new, we all scoop it up and enjoy it and laugh alongside. So great job with this Seinfeld video. Thanks for doing what you do. You make it, uh, you know, it could. I, th- I saw a couple of the other teams put out some pretty boring stuff, but this was uh, tremendous. And I think you did one that was themed after after The Office, right? Yep. Yeah, so we, because in December, or I think late November, they announced a regular season, which would have been 18 games, and then they had to revise it. So any excuse to kind of go back and have a second one of these videos, I was jumping at the bit. All right, Riley but, uh, Mara. Thank you, thank you so much for the kind words. Appreciate it. All right, well, hey, we appreciate the time. Riley Mara, digital media manager for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, or as Kelly Moore and Ed Tate call him, Young Scorsese. You know, it's a badge of honor, Loren, if you get a nickname from Kelly, because he's got a nickname for everybody. He, he, he even calls his own wife Carino. His wife's, no, does he really? Yeah, your name's Karen, but he calls her Carino. <laughs> well, you know, my phone autocorrected Kelly's name to Jelly a few months ago, and now he signs off his emails to me, Jelly. Really? I love it. Yeah, I had to call him yesterday. I was like, what up, Jelly? Hey, Nabber. <laughs> It was a really highly intelligent exchange. Oh, Nabber? That's all he went with for you? That's uh, just like the classic hockey. Sometimes he McNabby or Nabber. I didn't get anything great. I think behind my back, he has other more choice nicknames for me. Okay. Yeah, I would expect something a little bit more creative than your basic uh, hockey nickname. It's either you know, <laughs> Singer or, or Nabsy. You know, it's, it's always one of those two with the hockey. I, the, like the second he met me, I introduced myself. Hello, I'm Brett. And he says... Like Brett the Hitman, Brett the Hitman McGarry. Hello there. So I've been. I thought that was because he knew you liked wrestling. Well, it's Brett the Hitman Hart. I'll take it. I love it. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show. Tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.